So that's my personal obsession. Even if I'm not photographing, I'm just always looking like, oh, this could look like this and this could look like that. So I'm also reflecting this in my photography because I like to trick people because it's, I think photography is a very, um, it has this image of being very objective and truthful. Street Unplugged by the Street Photo Collective Luxembourg. Hello, everyone. This is the and welcome to the second podcast of uh, this year's Luxembourg Street Photography Festival. Uh, we just had uh, the pleasure to have uh, Matt Stewart, and uh, now we welcome Julie Khodova. Um Welcome, Julie. Thank you. How are you? Good. How did, do you enjoy the, the festival? Yes. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> Good. Uh, for our listeners, uh, could you just uh, introduce yourself a little bit? And how did you end up in street photography? Yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Um, so my name is Julie Hurdova. I uh, come from Prague. And uh, when I was 10, my parents dragged me to the Netherlands, where I'm still based in Amsterdam. Um, and I have been into street photography, I think, more than 10 years. And it all went quite spontaneously. I just started to make photos on the street. And then I also work at uh, RTL Netherlands as a photo editor. So I have, um, I'm part-timing, basically, uh, with everything. Okay. And, yeah, tomorrow you will go to RTL. Could you talk a little bit more about this? editing work so we, we just might start with this sure yeah it's it's a quite a funny job uh, I'm not sure if more television stations have this job particularly for the background photos because my job is uh, a photo editor at RTL and we have to find and uh, prepare the photos for the background screens during the news broadcasts okay. Okay. a lot of puzzling <laughs> um, Getting back to your, to, to your work in Amsterdam, so you have uh, two books, well, one main, main book, which is uh, Chasing Amsterdam, and the other one is a smaller book uh, on heroes in, in Amsterdam. So you might just go one after the other, and, and if you could explain the Chasing Amsterdam. So how did this come, and, and how, why did you do this, this book? Um, well, it, I, it, it's, it was a series, uh, a weekly series I, um, I shot for an Amsterdam-based newspaper called Het Parol and they have this section, like a photo section uh, every Friday there's a full page photo of Amsterdam it's called uh, Stadsbeeld which in translation should be something like city life, city image and they asked me to, to do this and it's uh, vertical photos and I, have to, and I had to hunt down a situation uh, every week in Amsterdam and then I did this for two years, and after two years, I make a book. Just for the listeners to, well, we are outside here, uh, in front of the Rotonde, so which is the location of our festival. Uh, the, well, the sun is shining, so we decided to do it outside. So it will give some atmosphere, but I hope Patrick will manage. Talking. And yes, I'm, I didn't introduce myself. Uh, so I'm Mark uh, from the Street Photography Collective Luxembourg. I'm joined by Patrick uh, Hoffman, also from the... Photography Collective and uh, Tom Weiss, who is also listening into the into this podcast. So, um, getting back to, to chasing Amsterdam, so you had to basically deliver every week 
one picture. So how, how did you manage that? that I mean, that can be quite stressful, I guess, in, in terms of pressure. So how did you manage that? Aggression prevention? <laughs> <laughs> it's like mental torture to look for something every week. Because normally I would just come across situations uh, in a quite a lazy way, like on the bike or when I was on the beach, I would see stuff and I would photograph it. But now I really had to look for it. And I mean, sometimes they, sometimes there's just nothing happening. So I was, if you, like one and a half year ago, if you would be in Amsterdam, you would see like a angry lady <laughs> cursing <laughs> and calling people to help her, to, to help her with um, locations. I would ask friends, like, oh, please just tell me a place. I will go there. Just give me some, some kind of guidance. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, it was quite difficult, but it's, it was also a very um, good experience and I learned a lot from it also in terms of um, yeah, like not giving up and uh, getting more in touch with the people I photographed. So I, I, yeah, I also did a slightly different approach to street photography than, than before. Is it because also you knew that they going to be published, so you, you had to speak to the people and how did they react? Yeah, well, legally, it's it, I was not obliged to ask them, but um, I did I did get in touch with a lot of people I photographed, and sometimes I didn't even ask. I just announced it like, "Oh, hey, I'm taking photos. Hope it's fine." And after we often we exchanged details, and I was able to send them the newspaper, or th or they would buy it, and they would be happy that they are in a paper. So most people were uh, were fine, but of course, not everyone in the Netherlands or anywhere on the street is always happy to be photographed. So, I mean. I also had a lot of discussions about that. Okay. And you mentioned before that it was somehow somewhat different from your street photography that you do, well, without assignment, let's say. Uh, in what sense was it different? I think maybe because this was for this newspaper, so it also had a slightly photojournalistic touch. So I was maybe more aware of what was in the paper that week and what I could add to it. So I think I was more conscious also about the, uh, the atmosphere of the, in the city in that week. I was trying to uh, catch that if, when I could. Okay. Um, the other project you, you did in Amsterdam, so while you, you were born in, in Prague, you moved to the Netherlands. You have been in Amsterdam, living in Amsterdam since the age of 10? Well, at first I, I came, uh, we, we moved to the village called Broek in Waterland. It's, I mean, Broek means something with water, but it's also translated as pants. So <laughs> I moved to pants in Waterland. And uh, when I turned 18, I escaped the village. Because okay. it, was, it was a village and everyone knew each other and um, it was time to go. Okay. And you started street photography in Amsterdam then? Basically. Yes. And uh, so the other project which I really love is, is the Herons project because I, I basically think it's specific to Amsterdam. I, I've never seen another city. Well, honestly, I haven't seen them in Amsterdam, but... Uh, now you will, probably. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> now, now, now you I will, will look, see them everywhere. I, I will look out for them. And, and so how did this come? And, and so what, what did really attract you to this? Well, this, I mean, all of my series kind of happen naturally, so... Um, at first I was waiting for someone at the market uh, and he was late and I was angry, hangry. Uh, but then the herons were there and they were also hangry. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, uh, we kind of started with this uh, common feature. 
and I saw all these herons coming for the fish and um, there was like a whole chess play of which heron was going to eat the fish first and even if they caught the fish they had to watch out because other herons were after them and there were um, maybe 10 herons on the roofs waiting to fly uh, to the street to, to get the fish. Um, so I, at first I was just photographing on the markets and then I kind of became this heron photographer so people would send me random images of herons and they would send me tips like oh go to the zoo there's a whole heron colony and I also met uh, Mark van Vught who's a director and he spent 10 years following the herons in Amsterdam and he made an incredible documentary about the, um, the herons in the city so he also had some um, some tips and um, I, I mean yeah I found the herons everywhere and there were even people who were feeding them in their homes there's Kiri the heron She's also on Instagram. Comes every day, uh, comes over every day to home to just uh, get the sausage or chicken. Okay. Um, and um, how do you uh, feel your photography relates to your regular life? Are there links? Are there bridges? Oh, that's a good one. Maybe I think I'm. I'm. I'm I might be because uh, I'm an only child. And I do lots of things on my own, and I do also photography on my own, and I tend to focus on people who are alone as well, in a way, or or like sole objects, because my photographs are quite clean and often focused on one element, one person. I was also trying to get more people in to the photos for my series, in the, for the paper, because otherwise it would be just lonely figures. Um, and I'm always, I really like, uh, I like humor, I like absurdism, and I think these things are all in the, the photographs as well. Yeah, because we asked Matt uh, the same question, and because we really felt that, well, his images really reflect his personality, his character, so you would agree that's the same for you. So how would you describe your, your images and how are they linked to your personality? Yeah, I always um, I like I always like to do like visual mind tricks, also f with myself. So when I'm um, when I'm traveling, I like to look out of the window and and see if the place I see if it could be in the Netherlands or somewhere else, or if, if I could like photograph it in a way that it would look like it was a completely different country, something like this. So I always like to uh, look at things and. And imagine if I could photograph them in a different way. Um, so that's my personal obsession. Even if I'm not photographing, I'm just always looking like, oh, this could look like this and this could look like that. So I'm also reflecting this in my photography because I like to trick people because it's, I think photography is a very, um, it has this image of being very objective and truthful for still a lot of people do think this. Um, but due to this, it can be also extremely manipulative and I really like to play with this element of kind of alienating a fragment of reality and turning it into a different, a new reality. Yeah. How, how important is Amsterdam in, or the place where you're living in, in your photography? I mean, you have now two projects chasing Amsterdam, Herons, it's very Amsterdam linked. Um, do you get, do you think it's important that you live in this city to do these kind of projects? I don't think so. I, th I don't think my work is that much about Amsterdam. I mean, it's photographed in Amsterdam, but it's mainly 
like stuff I find interesting on the street and it's in Amsterdam because it's I, because I live there but I think even my book could be made anywhere I mean I would I would get different backgrounds and different photographs but um, I'm not really looking to show a certain city I'm just of following my obsession for these um, strange or funny situations but it, it could be anywhere okay and um, you're speaking about your book um, how did you work out the book this was also mental torture <laughs> no it was it was a lot of work and a lot of decision making um, I stalked a lot of people for advice because I had no idea I just thought oh I can make a book yeah easy but then Even if my plan was quite simple, I mean, I just wanted to make a book out of the series of every week photos of Amsterdam, but still there were a lot of decisions that I had to make, uh, also financial decisions, um, technical decisions. So it was a lot of um, kind of production management, actually. It was fun as well, but it was it's it's a lot of work that it's that's not super creative either. It's um, yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, production. And yesterday, yesterday you mentioned that uh, well, after your work um, on chasing Amsterdam, you kind of fell in a trough in, in terms of inspiration, in terms of getting creative again. So, how how do you think you can manage, or did you already manage to to get out of that trough and then being inspired again and then having fun doing street photography again? Well, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I, I was when I was finishing the book and, I, and when I was sending out all the packages from my living room, I was really looking forward to this kind of, well, we call it a black hole in the Netherlands. We call it mm -hmm. het zwarte gat. Uh, I was really looking forward to just um, be chilling, um, go to, I mean, travel a bit, go on vacations, um, not having to photograph all the time, not having to worry if packages arrive. So I really, I've really enjoyed this uh, this period. Um, I was in uh, Rome last week for the Italian Street Photo Festival, and um, and I went to some museums and I saw this wonderful classical art. Like everything in Rome is very overwhelming, and I got inspired again. So I went when I when I was in a museum. After I went back on the street, and I, um, like in a natural way again, I started taking some photos, and I was really feeling this again, like, oh, I want to go there, and the light is great. So this, I, I was waiting for this feeling just to come uh, naturally to me. I don't want to force anything. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. And when, when, we, when you take pictures, are you already thinking about a new project? Like, like the Herons, did it come after a while, or was it from the beginning that could get a series? Or how, how do you work in, on your work? I mean, is it just a collection of street photographs? And then afterwards, you you look what could give a series, or is it more planned? I would say. No, I'm extremely non-planning. Okay. So uh, that's why the book was a bit difficult for me because I had to plan all like things in advance. And with photography, I'm I'm never like sitting behind my desk and thinking, oh, let's make a series about the errands. <laughs> just no, I just I just saw these errands uh, on in the in the on the markets, and I and I saw them in the zoo, and then. It, it all came quite uh, spontaneously. It's not not, um, not planning. How how do you um, match your regular work with your photographic activity? Because I think both are time-consuming. Um, it's 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 a perfect match because it's all about photography. So my life is like circling around this visual center. 
Um, and I do three days at RTL, so that's it's perfect. And then next to it, I can do uh, photographic assignments and I can do my own personal work. So it's, um, I mean, if I would be working five days uh, for RTL, that would be a different, completely different story. But three days and then next to that, my own stuff, it's, uh, it's great. And how difficult is it to make a living out of your photography? Well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I, I am making a living out of photography in general, but I like the fact that I don't have to rely on just taking photos. And I was afraid to become a full-time photographer because I, I didn't want to lose my love for photography. And I think if I would be forced to make a certain amount of money um, just with taking photos, I might not have... Um, I might have stopped loving it. Yes, I completely agree to this. Yes. Um, I think uh, a lot of young people would really struggle making their living out of photography and then, uh, and then they force themselves and then they lose the love for photography and it just yeah. becomes another job. Yes, and I think the type of photography that I like is, is, is getting less... Um, valued also financially i mean in the netherlands it's i think it's not possible anymore to really live out of your photojournalistic work so i think a lot of photographers are also um, i mean they they also went to do other stuff and um, they are um, yeah a bit a bit uh, they lost this illusion of uh, making a living from this and it's also i mean it's it's a bad feeling when you see that it's valued less and less and that um, there's there's just a new kind of wave coming in with, with photographs taken from Twitter because it has to be fast. And it's, I mean, it's not a judgment of good and bad. It's just changing. It's changing of the, the whole media specter. Maybe, yeah, getting to this point of, of social media, I'm, well, in addition to your work on your own work, your editing work, you're also the founder of uh, an account on Instagram called Street Repeat. So for all the listeners, uh, check it out. It's, it's very interesting. Just give us what what did you made or create this this uh, Instagram account? This also is uh, one of my obsessions of collecting similarities. Um, so when street photography kicked off on Instagram, uh, there were were a lot of like curated street photography accounts and uh, and the festival started happening and there were a lot of open calls. I, w I was seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, street photo images and I scrolled all these accounts and I thought like, oh, this photo, is it, did I see it already? Is it the same one? Is it different ones? How come? And then Instagram has this perfect, fantastic feature of collecting. So you can make, you can collect images and you can put them into collections. So I just started to play with this and like, Instantly, I think even after one day, I already had some collections, and um, and I was quite careful with asking photographers because I had no idea if they would be even willing to uh, to be featured on this. Uh, but they were all like all photographers I asked uh, for the first themes were super happy and they loved the idea and they were also like kind of thanking me to to giving this um, a bit bit of a critical look on the genre of street photography without mocking them or uh, laughing at them because I'm, I mean, I'm the same. I also take photos that already have been taken. And I'm just, I think if one of my pictures would get chosen by you, um, is that uh, 
pro or con to my <laughs> to my photography? I mean, is it something then? Okay, I'm just imitating stuff that I've probably unconsciously captured. So it's it's kind of difficult. So how do you see it? Is it kind of just a collection and it's very neutral, or is it just telling other photographers just look at it and try to avoid all what's been done? What? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not a mockery. It's not. Um, I'm I'm not making fun of these uh, similarities. But I I don't know how it would be for you. I mean, would you feel um, guilty in a way, or how would you feel when you would be featured? Probably, if I would be the first taking that picture, that would be okay. But uh, just well, being aligned with others and then just being a copy of the original picture, that would be well a little bit. Deceptive for me. <laughs> but some images are also not that clearly like copy. Like some are. You can see that some uh, themes there was a clear inspiration, and sometimes the photographers also told me that they were really trying to recreate a certain type of image or even the same situation. But I think a lot of images are also taken uh, taken in the in a particular way unconsciously because there there are trends and styles, and I think we. Because we see so many images, we save this in our heads, even without knowing. So we might take a photo that we don't see as a copy, and it doesn't have to be a copy. It's just, it's just, um, it just fits into a certain style or a certain um, type of photography. Do you think it's a risk for photographers in general when they spend too much time on, on Instagram without having their own? vision approach of their photography that they will not find their way just by being too much on, on, on social media? I think it's tricky for everyone to spend too much time on Instagram. <laughs> But, um, I mean, it's it gets a bit tricky and then, well, not dangerous, but uh, it's, it's a pity when you feel you have to take a certain type of image just for a certain amount of likes. Because mm -hmm. I don't think the amount of likes matters. I mean, if you have... 250 or 550 and you don't have um, you are not an influencer you don't you don't have this financial benefit it doesn't really matter it's just numbers so i mean um it would be pity if photographers would try to fit in a certain style to be likable because in the end it, you, i don't think it will really satisfy you i think it's in the end it's um it's more valuable to find your own style Do you define yourself as a street photographer? <laughs> yeah, I get asked this question. I mean, I um, I think it's an easy definition. But then, of course, people ask, can street photography be on the beach as well? So it's it's a bit of a complicated term because it's so location-based. But I would, yeah, I'm just a photographer who photographs stuff in uh, mostly public space and uh, on post. So I don't know if it's a yes or no. I mean, I I would probably say I'm a street photographer, but I'm not um, that strict on definitions. You're also a member of uh, Burn My Eye Collective, which is one of the well, most famous collectives out there. Uh, why did you join that collective? And, and what do you get out of this collective? Or, or what do you put in to this collective? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just a group of people. And we have a lively, lively chat. On Facebook, so whenever I look on Facebook, there are messages from members. I think it's—I um, mean, photography is quite a lonely. Uh, it's well, it's not a profession, but a 
it can be a lonely thing to do. And it's, um, I think it's valuable to have this base of people you can always um, turn to. And um, I, I mean, I think we are with a lot of photographers from different countries, so we have some difficulties to pr produce stuff. So if, uh, I think maybe smaller collectives that are closer, like where, where the members live closer to each other, it might be more easier to make like zines or books together. Um, but then I really love that we are um, so diverse, like in, in terms of countries and um, I mean continents. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just a, a great group of people, and I love the personal styles. Okay. All of us. And do you do each other's portfolio reviews or like get input on, on your own work? Not that much. I think it's more. Um, Maybe on a personal level, like not in um, not in the chat group, but I think um, we do ask for advice about bookmaking and stuff. And I think we also are a lot in touch among each other, not only in the chat group, but just uh, like in personal messages. Um, but yeah, we could, of course, we could do more of this. Yeah. And in terms of bookmaking, so what kind of recommendations would you have then for? street photographers looking to do their own book well I think because there are so many books I mean it's um, I think you should ask yourself what you want to do with the book or what you want to say with the series I mean do you want to book because you want to book or is the series really uh, suitable for a book because I never had the dream of making a book because I um, I don't have a lot of room for books and I um, I'm not really a book collector, so I, I do own books that I like, but, but I don't often go through them. Um, so I, yeah, I never had this dream, but I thought that, um, that the series that I made was really suitable for a book, because it was like a certain period of time, it was a very strange period of time. So I think it's, 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 um, it's good to ask yourself if the series works the best in a book. Um, and then, of course, uh, in terms of um, designer and publisher, you have to decide. You have to decide if you want to be published by a publishing house, um, if you want to do the design by yourself, or if you want to hire someone. I would go for the second option, and uh, you have to find the funding. Mm -hmm. So I would say don't underestimate it, um, but have fun with it. Okay. And, and would you say that you, well, for a book of your own work, it's not clear project or series you really have to let the work lie, what, lie somewhere for a long time to get back to it and maybe one day make a book of it so not rush in and let the works well look if they are still touching you after years and then could be yeah yeah I mean you can you can, sometimes you, um, you you don't see at first Decide if the photo is good, and some photos become more important after some years. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always good to take uh, take a look back on your work. But for a book, I mean, it, it, it really depends on what you want to say and, and how um, recent your series is, and how like yeah, which period fits uh, this series to be published, of course. And any plans with the street repeat? I mean, that would be. Could be could be a book one day or an exhibition or so is that something you 
looking forward. I would love to do an exhibition. Yeah, maybe a book. Uh, either, but I, I really have a nice plan for an exhibition. Okay. So, um, I, but I, so I'm a bit lazy, so I will have to do uh, some work <laughs> on that. <laughs> but I have the idea, so that's a start. And get the photographer, so it's uh, it's going to be quite a lot of work, I yes. guess. Well, it's it's quite windy here, so but it's it's very nice. So <laughs> stalking street on street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes. Uh, any other projects? Any other plans for future? Not really, but I think things will um, happen. But I'm, as I said, I'm never planning, so um, I hope some will, something will happen. But I don't have this plan yet. Yeah, I think we are running a little bit out of time. Um, Again, thank you very much for having having you here. Doing the conference yesterday was fascinating. Really enjoyed you, your presence here at the Luxembourg Street Photography Festival. Thank thanks you very a lot. much. Thanks a lot. And again, thank you very much for inviting me. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.